Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show. And I got Rick by my side, Rick Zamprand. Rob Golfie, sales representative with uh, Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Another beautiful Saturday morning in the city. We have another special guest in studio, Noreen Jones from PowerVac Services Hamilton. Not a stranger to the CHML airwaves by any means. We'll talk about uh, whether your home has UFI or vermiculite insulation. Stay tuned for that. That's going to be the main focus of our show. Of course, we're uh, always interactive on the program. If you have a question for Rob, email your questions. Query to questions at robgolfie.com, questions at robgolfie.com. You can call them at 905-575-7700. Robgolfie.com is the website, at Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram, and check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page. So maybe we'll start by talking about uh, the Hamilton market and, and how busy your appointment center is. The appointment center is a good indicator of what's happening. So we're, you know, we know week by week if uh, the market's up or down. But uh, the, the midsummer months have shown, uh, shown us uh, uh, too much change in the appointment center uh, as we have very little fluctuations in the numbers from last week, uh, our, our sold appointments. Index is slightly lower because people are purchasing more homes with fewer appointments made. Huh. The Hamilton Mountain is still the top of our top five districts list with most homes uh, selling below the $400,000 range. Burlington, on the other hand, is seeing more action as the million dollar homes are still near the top of the list. In terms of total numbers, we are we are well on track to surpass our figures from last last year with the increase of 13% over the same time period last year. And no surprise with the mountain, which has always been popular, especially for newcomers too. It is the number one market in in uh, in Hamilton. Everybody wants to go to the uh, uh, like most people that grew up in Hamilton. Um, if if they left the city and now they're coming back, they come back on the mountain. Yeah. Newcomers, um, I find with families are going to the mountain. Newcomers with just couples or singles, they're right. going in the in the uh, southwest Hamilton, uh, lower city, Hamilton, the nice houses, the century homes, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, we haven't really talked a lot about Burlington on on this show, but how does Hamilton and Burlington compare? I know it's different demographic, yeah, a lot of different homes. Different. I consider them part of the GTA. So yeah. Like, as soon as the, uh, the you know hit the Skyway Bridge, um, it's part of the GTA. Right. And, and their prices are. Uh, are insane like like they ranked in uh number number one selling in burlington is between six and 650 right now hmm. um and then and then the number two is it, it's funny this is burlington so number two in burlington uh that are selling is between one and two million dollar home wow That's number two and then number th- number three is between three and 350 well there's not many homes yeah. between three and 350 yeah and then number four uh, between 550 and 500, and, and uh, number five is between 550 and six. But that's amazing, though. Between like the number one uh, uh, people are buying homes is between six and 650 in Burlington. Wow. And then in Hamilton, 
well, well, we know uh, Hamilton is uh, between three fifty and four hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. That's the number one price range that people are buying. Yeah, and there and there's a lot of homes in that group too. There is. There is way more in that group. Yeah, and then and in Han- and in Burlington, same thing between six and six fifty. But but number two between one and two. All right, let's bring in uh, Noreen Jones, PowerVac Services, Hamilton. Now you can get a hold of her at nine zero five three one eight. 0622. That's 905 318 0622. If you didn't catch it, we will repeat it uh, throughout the program as well. Let's talk about vermiculite. What is vermiculite? What is vermiculite insulation? Uh, vermiculite, like you said, is an insulation. Mm-hmm. So it is often found in older houses. Um, you might find it in a, like a century style a balloon frame construction house or like an old Victorian style house okay. where you could find it in the walls, in you know, something like that. Or um, it's also commonly found in a 1950s, 60s, 70s build, especially in a bungalow mm-hmm. uh, in the attic. So it's a an insulation that often, most of the time, has asbestos. Okay. Um, what are the health risks of vermiculite containing asbestos? So if it's left undisturbed, there's no significant health risk to the occupants. Okay. But the disturbance of the material does pose a very serious health risk. Asbestos is a carcinogen, Mm -hmm. so most vermiculite, and probably when I say most, about 80 to 85% of it has asbestos. So when you disturb it, you cause asbestos particulate to be put into the air and then therefore breathed in. And that can happen from things like renovation, even something as simple as putting pot lights in your attic. If you have vermiculite in your attic Mm. and you put pot lights in and and drill through the ceiling Mm -hmm. and drop vermiculite all over. So it really doesn't cause that much of a uh, a stir. It doesn't uh, doesn't need to have, uh, you know, a major jolt or or, uh, anything really serious. Well, it's the amount of disturbance that that is the major effect. So... You drilled in one pot light, you didn't know, it fell all over, you cleaned it up. Are you likely to have Inhaled, very serious yeah. sure. lifelong health risks because of that small exposure? Right. Probably not. And the way I uh, I gauge that for people is it, I say, you know, if you smoked a pack or two of cigarettes in your lifetime, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. are you likely to get lung cancer from that exposure? Probably not. Right, right. Your risk is higher than if you smoked none, sure. but it's not a significant enough risk to be measurable. Yeah. But if you were disturbing vermiculite, using vermiculite, installing it like they used to yeah. uh, when it was a product that was being used, you had a daily exposure, then your risk is very, very high yeah. of developing uh, an asbestos-related illness. Yeah, that, that's a good analogy. And uh, I mean, in all fairness, I mean, the the uh, constructors, the builders at the time really had no idea they didn't. W- they what, didn't. what this was going to do, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, when did it all start? When did vermiculite so start? So the W.R. Grace company who produced the asbestos-containing vermiculite, and they didn't produce it specifically to contain asbestos. They mm-hmm. had a mine where the mica that they were mining for the vermiculite was actually contaminated with capillaries of asbestos. So oh, wow. that mine opened around 1920, and it continued to produce vermiculite until 1990. So they had 70 years wow. of production, wow. yeah. and they were by far the largest producer of vermiculite insulation. Wow. So this is potentially all over the nation? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. They were a U.S. company, so they owned, their mine was in Libby, Montana. Okay. And, uh, and they just brought it all up here. They did. And <laughs> and they're, actually, um, Libby, Montana is a USA Superfund uh, site for remediation. So wow. it's it's uh, the town itself is actually heavily contaminated. Yeah, well, I can imagine. When did uh, we all realize that vermiculite was hazardous? 
What were some of the, the red flags? That well, there's some discrepancy on that. So the WR Grace Company themselves mm-hmm. realized, I'm, I think somewhere in the 50s, but they kept that to internal documentation oh, and really? didn't publicize it which is why there is a class action lawsuit against the WR Grace Company. It's now in the process of of this funds being distributed, but there was a class action lawsuit and anybody who had vermiculite insulation in their property had until December of 2009 hmm. to register for that class action lawsuit in Canada. Okay. I'm not sure what the US requirements yeah. were. Any guess on how many people are in that lawsuit? Or do you have any particular numbers? No. Probably in the thousands? No, I, oh, I'm going to say in the hundreds of hundreds thousands, thousands really, or yeah, maybe in the millions. I'm not sure. Yeah. It, it was a very, very large class action lawsuit. Wow. Uh, we're speaking with uh, Noreen Jones, Power of Act Services, Hamilton, 905-318-0622 here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can call him at 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. That's G-O-L-F-I.com. Of course, Rob before the Golfie. Um, you might not know the exact answer to this, but how many homes in Hamilton would you think has vermiculite insulation? That's a, I don't... Yeah. Stay. No, no. Go, from go ahead, from our perspective, there's actually quite a lot. There are pockets of areas that have it, but I don't have a, a number. Like a hard per number. Se. Right. Yeah. But uh, typical build, uh, 50 to 70, uh, 1950s to 1970s bungalow, mm-hmm. where they were in an area where there was disposable income and upgraded the insulation at some point during the, the oil crisis. Right, right, right. It's a, vermiculite was a very, very common fix mm. for that because it was easy to install. So they'd get some bags of vermiculite, yep. open it up, pour it in, level it out, you're done. Right. Yeah. The, 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 the thing right now, especially with the market being so good, people are buying houses that have vermiculite insulation in it. Mm-hmm. And um, even realtors don't know that the house has it. And the homeowner that currently lives in the house has no idea does has no idea and now the new home buyer is buying it because he didn't have a home inspection because he was competing against you know five to ten other people to buy that house so nobody's checked the attic and um so there's a high probability that uh a lot of uh people out there have vermiculite insulation Mm -hmm. and don't know it and uh like for instance right now um um, one of my uh, agents that works with me is looking at buying, uh, well, they actually bought this property. They asked me if I wanted to come in on it. I said, well, let me check the attic first before I even <laughs> commit to anything because, right. yeah, because I don't know if there's uh, vermiculite insulation in there because yeah. I know, like, Noreen, that's, it's expensive to remove it. Is, it. it is. Like, it is. What's the, what's the, the cost? average cost, if you take a bungalow in Hamilton, the average cost for removal of the vermiculite and putting just new insulation in, so hmm. bringing back to where it was but with new insulation right. not contaminated you're probably in the budget of around ten thousand dollars wow yeah that, that that adds that adds a lot yeah. to Plus the cost tax. Of, yeah so that adds a lot of the cost now i don't know are, are people able to write that off or not no nope, that's just part of you know like it's a, it's part, part of the sale home right? renovation it's yeah, just part absolutely. of the home renovation so given that do you and this is a very speculative question if someone were to find vermiculite insulation in their attic through testing or, or, or hiring yep. a company yep. as yourself, and they get that price tag, uh, obviously they have the option whether to leave it or, or not. Whether that's the right answer or not, that's up to the homeowner, obviously. But do most people balk at the cost because it is so high, and they just say, well, we're just not going to disturb it, we'll be fine? So it depends. If okay. you're talking about the seller of the house, the mm-hmm. vendor, they don't want to spend that money because sure. it's you know, $10,000 they got to take off yeah. the what they're going to get for the house. Right, right, right. Um if it's the buyer, 
they want they're it not done. they're not going to want <laughs> yeah, yeah. right they're not going to want to take that ten thousand right. dollar price tag on and not get compensated for yeah, it for yeah. sure yeah so if they've if it's somebody that's lived in the house 20 30 years and they discover it for whatever reason mm-hmm. it depends on the people what the reason was they discovered it if they're doing renovations then they generally are much more cautious and are willing to pay the price to right. get it out and there is an obligation to for the workers the safety of the workers that are working doing the renovations and things there's yeah. an obligation to them um, if they just discovered it because they were rooting around in the attic, somebody you know made them aware that this was a case or whatever, mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. found it, but they're not intending to leave for another 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. they're likely just to leave it. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having it in the house. Right. If, yeah, and if but they, it's until you disturb it. That's, that's right. That's, that's yeah. right. But, uh, but once, the, if, once you're in a balanced market, there's no competition and putting offers in, that homeowner... Has has to disclose that they've got vermiculitis. So they must. So if they yeah, know, yeah, because you, you know what's going to happen. Because if there's a home inspection done, right, right. So here's what happens: somebody comes in, uh, the house goes up for sale, mm-hmm. and uh, if the homeowner discloses that it has vermiculite insulation, and then you put the price on the house and everything, then. It, it's easier to deal with the buyer that's coming in because some buyers may, may may understand it. We educate it, sure. educate them. So some of them say, "Well, we want it out. We're willing to pay this much money." Yeah. But if you do not disclose and they do a home inspection, all of a sudden it becomes a tough thing because now they're going to say, "Well, we if you we will not go through with the deal unless we get that taken out." So mm-hmm. there's a ten thousand dollar cost. Somebody has to pay. Right. Somebody has to pay. So. And that's the hard. That's the hard part about about that. Like, um, like um, when um, I think the vermiculite insulation, you can you know people can check it to see if they have. Is, is it like a gra- granular? Yeah, it's it's substance? a granular looking insulation. So mm-hmm. I I usually describe it to people. It it's a light like styrofoam. Okay. Um, but it's a pebbly looking okay. material. So it's not so like a sheet, it, like the pink. No, no, things no, we get no. In the bags. It's okay. it's definitely something that can be poured in. Oh, okay. Um, it's. Uh, kind of a it's kind of blown into the litter, insulation, kitter, isn't it? Kitty littery I mean, looking. Yeah. It could be poured in. It yep. used to, it ca- came in bags, and you just open the bag up and pour, pour it, it out. In. It's like a it's almost like mini mothballs type thing. No, no, no. no. It's not round. It's, so okay. it's it's extruded. So it's a it's a kind of a worm shaped material, huh. and it has little layers. It's a very metallic looking insulation. Okay. Um, depending on whether you're dealing with um, non-asbestos containing or asbestos containing, they look uh, they look dissimilar. So there, there's two very distinct okay. looks. So when I'm talking to people and trying to describe what the two look like, the non-asbestos containing vermiculite tends to look like the size of cornflakes. Okay. And it has a very loose layering and a very, very pale platinum color to it. The asbestos-containing vermiculite tends to look more like the size of granola, mm-hmm. and it has a more gold or brown color, like a yellow gold as opposed okay. yeah. to white gold, right, right, right. and it's tighter layering. Hmm. So the, it's a very distinct difference. If you look at 1,000 or 2,000 or 5,000 samples, <laughs> you, you get to know right off the bat what right. you're looking at. Yeah, yeah. And you can never say for certain that material does not contain asbestos without testing it. But you can look at it and say it's likely I'm going to suggest you test it so that you can prove that it's not. Or you can look at it and say this is likely asbestos containing. Don't waste your money testing. But but, uh, Noreen was mentioning one time to get it tested, like can you bring it? Like first of all, where can you get it tested? And so where do you, and you yeah. have to use an asbestos laboratory. So the laboratory that we use uh, is in Mississauga. Hmm. If 
we're going to do the testing. We don't actually do the analysis of the samples, but if we're going to be involved in that, we have to come and take the samples because it's a chain of custody issue. So you cannot bring vermiculite from your house and bring it to us at our office and then we send it out. If somebody's going to do that and take their own samples, they need to send it directly to an accredited asbestos laboratory. Oh, I see. Okay. Or they can hire us and we can come and take samples. And you the go samples. get it. Yeah. And then or you can hire a consulting firm to come out and, uh, and, and take the samples for you and analyze them as well. Okay. More when we come back on, uh, we'll talk about UFI as well and, and vermiculite insulation. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Hamilton's uh, great real estate team in uh, the Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team, when we return. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment, the Golfie team. Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Don't want to shortchange you guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Noreen Jones also in studio. PowerVac Services Hamilton. Uh, her phone number 905-318-0622. To get a hold of Rob, robgolfie.com is the website. All over social media, at Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. Look him up on Facebook. Just search Rob Golfie in the search command. And you can call them at 905-575-7700. Today's topic, does your home have UFI or vermiculite insulation? We'll get to UFI in a minute and what that is all about, what it means. But uh, back to Noreen. And um, if you want to get your vermiculite insulation tested, so if you've done the the eye test, you think you have it, um, call you guys, obviously, to test. Yep, we can certainly come out and take samples of the vermiculite. Standard turnaround time from the lab is one week, so... That's not often fast enough for a real estate transaction. So if you have time to wait, one week is $200 plus HST. If you need it more quickly than that, which is often the case on a real estate transaction, Mm -hmm. they do have 24-hour turnaround time. It's $300 plus HST. So it's just to get the test. That's right. Right. That gives you the... That's for us to come out, take the samples, and have them analyzed at the asbestos laboratory. And it will tell you whether it has asbestos in it or not. Okay. And is this a provincial lab or is it a national center that you go to? No. this is yourself? an independent, th- like this is a, a laboratory that's a, a privately run company. Okay. Um, they're NAVLAP accredited, which means that they have a voluntary accredit. They belong to a voluntary accreditation program, so they get sent blind samples, and they mm-hmm. have to maintain a certain level of accuracy in their sampling. Right. So here's uh, here's the million dollar question because I'm I'm picturing myself, and I know I don't have this insulation because I've been in my attic, and we just have the you know the pink stuff all all, all over the place. Um, but the key is to not disturb vermiculite insulation. So right. for someone to check their attic, they're going to have to open that hatch door or somehow get in their attic maybe they're right. reshingling the roof they can peek through the holes in their in their um uh, in their wood on their on their home how do they check the attic and not disturb it at the same time Good well because that, that's pretty tricky it is yeah if absolutely. you're going up and the vermiculite is on top it's very easy to see mm-hmm. right um if it is not on top and there's uh, let's say fiberglass batting or blown in insulation on okay. top of it yeah you're not actually going to touch the vermiculite by moving the fiberglass. It's just pulling the fiberglass aside to look what's underneath or something like that. Okay. Right? 
So vermiculite insulation can be used in conjunction, and you've probably seen this, in conjunction with other insulations? It's almost always found really, with eh? other insulation. I would say 95% of the time. Do, do you have to, when you remove that vermiculite insulation and it has that, like, let's say the pink insulation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you have to remove both of it? Yes. Both of them? So, so, so you actually say, lose all, yeah, all your artwork? Yeah, we yeah. have to completely clean the entire attic. So yeah. you have to remove everything because it's contaminated. So oftentimes, you know, we were talking about the 1950s to 70s bungalows. Right. They would have paperback fiberglass insulation at the bottom. It's about an inch or two inches of paperback fiberglass. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that will be the vermiculite. That's a very, very common insulation. Wow. So you have to wipe everything clean. And do you have to actually clean any of the studs? I either have like a vacuum or what? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Really? Eh? Absolutely. Wow. Everything has to be clean. So your attic is going to be like pristine. Right. <laughs> and that, that's what people don't understand when they say, well, you're just going to vacuum it out. It's not that simple. Yeah, it's yeah. a very labor-intensive, wow. yeah. very fine, detailed cleaning of the attic. And then after it's done, it has to pass air testing. Wow. So how long does it take to wipe it out, clean An it average up bungalow home? would take three days really, to, yeah? for us from start to finish to do the complete extraction. Wow. And then on the morning of day four, mm-hmm. the air testing would take place. They run the air test for about approximately two and a half hours. Okay. And then they read the samples at the lab. We can take the enclosure down at the end of the fourth day once we get the samples back. Yeah. So all in all, it's about a four-day total process on site between the, the setup and removal mm-hmm. and final clean and air testing. And is PowerVac also in the uh, commercial um, insulation removal business as well? Oh, yes. Do, we do. Businesses? We do okay. Yes, we do uh, commercial industrial, institutional stuff as well. Absolutely. Okay. And same process. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's actually regulated by the Ontario government. Okay. So it's, the asbestos regulation is made under the Occupational Health and Safety Act. Mm. So. All right. Uh, pet lovers may or may not like this next question. Could animals cause toxic problems in your attic? Sure. Not from your pets that are in your house, generally speaking. Oh. It's usually usually <laughs> from animals that you <laughs> yeah. don't want in your attic. Absolutely. Animals that are there not by your choice. Right. So uh, they certainly can. Things like raccoons and bats can carry some very significant uh, parasites yeah. and uh, viruses that are immediately threatening to life and health. Mm-hmm. So just like, you know, people have probably heard stories of hantavirus, people are working in grocery stores, whatever, disturb things, and it's got mouse droppings. Yeah. And it's dry and they contract this strange illness that's flu-like symptoms and then a few days later they're dead. Mm-hmm. Hantavirus can, can also be found in an attic from mouse droppings. Lots of people have mice in their attic. Mm. Uh, raccoons carry some very, very serious diseases and so do bats. Histoplasmosis is one of the things that bats carry. Yeah. And, and they're, but the problem is they, they are similar to flu symptoms when you first develop the illness. Right. So people don't often think that they've been exposed to right. anything. Just by think the, they have the flu, right? Right. By the time they actually are diagnosed with this illness, the problem is that it can cause brain damage, it can cause other organ damage, and it's irreversible. Wow. So it's a very significant health risk. Yeah. So what are the warning signs that you have a bat or a raccoon or a squirrel or some kind of wild animal in your attic? Noise in the attic. Mm-hmm. Um, you can oftentimes on the outside you can see where you've got uh, s- like soffits that are pushed up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are where there's bats. There's often some sort of brown staining that's on the outside from from the bat squeezing in and out of an opening. Oh, so yeah. they leave you know grease from their body. Okay. Uh, or the oils on their body that as they're going through in night out, after night after that, night. Yeah. yeah. I had there was an old house in um, in uh, Grimsby and it was it was owned by 
um, I, I'm not sure which brother of the E.D. Smith uh, Jam Company, and uh, I mean this was a mat, big old stone house, yeah. and and it had bats in the attic. I mean it just it just like it looked like like the the Munsters house, yeah. you know, like, but uh, and uh, they tried everywhere. They had to get a company to come in to seal off the whole exterior on uh, in the attic but they still found found ways in there right uh, and that's the problem a big old house like that has lots and lots of openings yeah and bats are just like mice except with wings and they only need about the size of a dime to get into the property wow. and the problem with the other problem with bats is not just the diseases that they carry but the feces because of the way bats roost they tend to stay in the same place all the mm-hmm. time so you get so does their feces get, right <laughs> so you get uh, you get actually a pile wow. and it, it, the weight of it can be extreme and can actually cause ceilings to collapse and things like oh, that yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I sold a house um, actually we were representing the buyer and uh, I think this was on Golf Club Road or so, here in Hamilton and um, the people bought the house I'm not sure I'm like, I, I can't remember if they did they did a home inspection there was a raccoon's nest, but they were they weren't there anymore. So there was a a raccoon's nest in the attic. So so if there's a raccoon's nest in the attic, that means there there's droppings up there. Am I correct? Likely, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and they you know how many like I don't know how many garbage bags of of the raccoon's nest that they had to to, to yeah. take out. Really? So I didn't realize you know like like how bad it was, but. Um, I I can't remember if the home inspector like I mean I don't even I don't even think some home inspectors know how toxic that yeah. a nest can be, like uh, like obviously there's uh, like I'm just you know learning today with yeah. you Noreen that uh, you know just having animals in your attic yeah. can and cause a lot of uh, illnesses even even the parasites that they carry, uh, for instance raccoons um, the raccoon roundworm parasite the eggs for that get passed along in the excrement and they can stay viable actually for two years. <laughs> really? So even though the raccoons may be excluded, there may still be parasitic eggs mm-hmm. there that if you decide you're going to crawl around in your attic and they're microscopic so you can't see them. It's not like you can say, oh, there's a yeah, there there's is. an egg yeah. you know, sack or whatever. It's not like that. Right. You can't see them. Wow. And they can get tracked all over and, and that is the raccoon roundworm is one of the things that's very, mm. very hazardous. All right, let's take a, a quick trip into the history book here. Uh, what is John's Manville Siding or John Mansfield? John said? Mansfield, as yeah. we call it's it. Probably the, the, uh, yeah. Yeah. So John's Manville was actually the company that developed it. But right. John's Manfield or John John Mansfield is what people commonly <laughs> us, us call us real estate agents. That's our uh, John uh, Mansfield our, our slang you know word for John. Uh, people call all the time. And yeah, ask we just call it I know John what they're talking Mansfield about. Siding, yeah. right. So it is a hard cementitious um, siding. Okay. So it you'll find it on That's sort cool. of nineteen twenties to forties. Yeah, you'll see it more houses. of like uh, um, like uh, east west of Hamilton houses that yeah you're right built in the 1920s yeah. 30s and even the f- a lot of wartime houses yeah. like 1940s uh, yeah. area houses yeah. just pre war time like Huxley area like uh, they may have it like there's yeah. a lot of brick there, there but I, I see them all over the all it's, yeah. it may not be the entire house sided in it right. but it's a like a cement board siding and they're usually about mm, 10 12 inches high the boards okay. yep. And it's like a often stone. they'll it's have like a, like it's a, very hard. Like a stone. It's very hard. Yeah. Um, 
it's, uh, oftentimes they'll have a scallopy edge. They have distinct ridges in the siding, mm-hmm. and it is an asbestos cement siding. Hmm. A, a lot of homes in Hamilton uh, have it, and and, and, a, and a lot of people don't know this, but a lot of people, you know, say, "Hey, I want to change my siding to the new style now with the nice." Uh, yeah. So they'll just. A strap strapped uh, over top of it. They'll just uh, side over top of it. Right. Not that not that they're trying to hide something, but they just you know they yeah. want a new look for the we house. Just cover it up, right? But there's a lot of houses um, when you see siding up, you have to check and see if if, it, if it's got the John Mansville or Mans- John's, John's Manville. Manville. Yeah. John's Manville. <laughs> we call it John Mansville, of course. But um, but yeah, like you don't you don't know. Like you could buy a house yeah. uh, that's you know 50, 60, 70 years old, and it, and if it's got new siding on. There could be, a, you know, maybe a fifty percent chance that there's that uh, old siding, and, right. it, and it, even if it has twenty, thirty year old siding, that's even more common because people weren't necessarily aware yeah. then mm-hmm. that they were covering up asbestos siding. Right. right, and and I mean, even if they knew that that's what it was, they they weren't doing it purposely to cover up the asbestos portion. They they just, just that's what they did. They right? didn't know. They didn't know. They, I right. mean, yeah, they didn't know. It's much more common to know about it now than it was say 20 30 sure. years ago usually when I uh, have a client I and and I and I tell them about deciding that they're buying I said there's nothing wrong with this I mean no no first I, I tell them this has asbestos in it hmm. but I also tell them um, if it stays there you guys don't touch it there's nothing wrong with it but it's good for them to research it online to find out how they feel about it right um, and, I, and I said if this house was sided and we didn't know it um, we you probably would have bought the house and had new siding over top of it and nothing would happen because uh, again like right. Noreen says if it's you don't f- touch it you don't disturb it, it it's not it's, it's often not a value of the house issue not a health issue and I get a lot mm-hmm. of calls mm-hmm. on real mm-hmm. estate transactions and I explain to people the difference between a health risk and a value of the house risk and a lot of people don't realize that they need to let their mortgage uh, holder know they mm-hmm. need to let their insurance company know if they've got asbestos products it is a significantly greater risk for an insurer to insure a house with asbestos yeah. in any form. And the mortgage holder, if they have to, if they actually have to come and repossess that house, uh, foreclose on that house, mm-hmm. then they then, generally speaking, will look after all of the asbestos because they can't afford the risk of putting that contaminated property on the market. So right. they don't, they are not really. Uh, you know, well, the mortgage companies, <clears throat> like I, I think it's more the insurance companies, and the mortgage companies also don't want to finance something that, like you said, is, yeah. is right. devalued. But like for instance, the John Mansville is that? Did I say that right? Oh, John, John's Manville. John, John's Manville. <laughs> so um, uh, that um, like like if if a mortgage company forecloses, they actually have almost like eight pages of a schedule. That says they're not responsible for anything until the day, like uh, uh, even up to the day of closing. Because if somebody came uh, and you came and bought a house, and you sign it, uh, all these um, yeah. clauses saying, "Hey, if it if it's got bad wiring, bad this, bad bad," you, you're you're responsible. Right. Even if somebody comes there and breaks the windows the day before, and on closing date, um, you take. Uh, you're saying, hey, listen, I'm not closing. All these windows are broken. They say you sign saying you yeah. take it as is condition. But right. the environmental risk, I find, because we've gone through some... Oh, is that right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they are put in the position of dealing with it, especially something like vermiculite. They'll yeah. extract it mm-hmm. before they sell the house because their risk is much greater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think... So, yeah, you're right on the vermiculite, but I'm not sure about the, the, the yeah, siding. It's, it's so, not always yeah. every, every yeah. asbestos thing, but... 
Yeah. That's you. You're supposed to let your mortgage holder know, and mm-hmm. you're, and they may say yes. We'll lend you the money after you have it removed. Well, or it, 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 it might be a condition of getting the mortgage. It's like mold. They actually won't renew your mortgage uh-huh. if they know you have mold. They uh, and you deal with mold too. Yes, we do. But um, if 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 the mortgage company knows that you have mold in your house mm-hmm. and it hasn't uh, been uh, remedied. They will not, like when your five-year term comes up, yeah. they will not renew it and they'll foreclose on you. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's. I, I've seen some pretty bad situations where they can't, the people can't afford to fix it and, and meanwhile the mortgage company is not renewing their mortgage and it's and they're stuck. They're wow. stuck. It's, uh, it's a sad, sad thing some, sometimes out there. Another question, when we come back after the break uh, regarding John's Manville siding, we'll get to that uh, in a minute and a whole lot more on uh, Eufy that uh, we'll get into after the break as well. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. And we are back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio this beautiful Saturday morning with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. RobGolfie.com is the website. Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Uh, call him at 905-575-7700, at Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram, and check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page. We're talking about uh, vermiculite insulation. In a moment, we'll get into Eufy as well with our special guest, Noreen Jones from PowerVac Services Hamilton. Her phone number, 905-318-0622. One last question about uh, John's Manville siding. Um, is it more labor-intensive? Does it cost as much as removing vermiculite insulation? No. Okay. No. Generally speaking, it's not. It's it's a much less hazardous product to handle than vermiculite. Right. Uh, it's outside, which is helpful as well. Um, so, generally speaking, you're you know maybe in the three to five thousand dollar range if you're dealing with a whole house okay. that's you know two story house or story and a half or whatever. Yeah, that's this kind of the range. And again, do you have to address it if it hasn't been disturbed? No, it's it's okay. completely a sound product. If it's intact, it's a very stable product mm-hmm. actually. And it's outside, so you have an infinite amount of exchange air. So it's really of no significant health risk right. at all. But it is, again, it's a value of the house issue. So sure. if you have house A and house B and one has it and one doesn't, yeah. the one that doesn't is worth more money. Yeah. And uh, there's probably a stigma issue with that. And certainly there is with Eufy, who, which we're going to talk about now. What is Eufy? Eufy. Urefamide. You say it, Maureen. That's a long <laughs> word for Ufie, me. Eufy is, is, stands for urea formaldehyde foam insulation. Okay. What is that? It is an injected foam that they put in, generally speaking, in uh, around the time the Canada Home Insulation or CHIP program was in place. So I'm going to say... 60s? Yeah, late yeah. 60s, early 70s. Mm-hmm. That's when it was prevalent. And what they did oftentimes was they would inject it from the outside so they didn't have to take the siding off or anything else. They could add insulation to the house. Hmm. What happened with Eufy was that they would inject it. It would make an old leaky house nice and airtight now, but as the foam was curing, it off-gassed formaldehyde gas, and it contributed to sick building syndrome. So people felt unwell living in the house because they had such high exposure to formaldehyde gas. Right. Wow. Yeah. So the so what happened was the government gave grants to people in the in the like you said the yeah, late sixties yep. to to put it in and then they realized it was toxic. Wow. And then in the, I think was it the seventies they were giving grants giving you grants to, to take, take it, it out. out. So my uh, 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 
aunt, well, my wife's aunt and uncle, um, they had uh, they they actually got the grant to uh, put the insulation in in the '60s, and then what they did was in uh, in the '70s, I think mid to late '70s, they ended up uh, taking the whole all the brick around the house off to remove that uh, wow. that Eufy that and. Because you know, it's just uh, and you can do that if it's a brick veneer house. No, no, this was like an actual there were, double layer brick. Yeah, because structural the, brick. Because the other uncle was a bricklayer, so it, it was okay. it was easy for them to do it. Um, and the way you can tell um, if your house has uh, Ufi in it is um, um, you you see holes drilled all the way around the house, yeah, like, and, the house. and they're like consistent, like every probably what every two feet, right. every three uh, feet. I think they're usually about a foot apart. So you'll you'll see it like on a on a story and a half or two story house. You'll see it usually about the level of between the stories, right? That's because right. they'll inject down and they'll inject up That's from right. that one yeah. opening. Yeah. And so they're it's probably every about every sixteen inches because they're going to want to do every stud space. Yeah. Yes. So they're going to drill into every stud space. And then they put little plugs in. And so you'll see this if it's a sided house specifically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they'll put siding plugs in to close those and, openings. And, and sometimes, even sometimes, not as much with brick, but you do see it with brick homes. And they'll just fill it in with uh, uh, cement in, in, in the yeah. halls. Like mm-hmm. They'll color the cement. And I remember driving up to one of uh, my real fellow realtor friends. I pulled up. First thing I know, I was like, oh, oh, my God, they got drilled holes all the way around. <laughs> I said, do you have Ufi in your house? You go... She goes, no, why? I go, well, you got holes all the way around. I think you better check it out. And, she, and it scared her and uh, because now she just felt like her house was devalued. Yeah, yeah. But another problem um, with Ufi is that um, a, lot of, and a lot of realtors are, are making this mi- mistake, and that's how we, al- we always check the history of the home. Um, in the, like, on every contract, it's, it, it says that this contract shows that this house does not have Ufi in it. Mm. So... But the listing may not say it has UFI. But if you look 25 years ago, the listing says it does have UFI. So somewhere along between 25, 30 years ago till today, there's a couple of agents that put checked off no to UFI, which mm. is wrong. So um, so people are buying houses that have UFI in it. If they check the history on that listing, they will find that they probably live in a house with UFI now. And usually when when they should they should check up on that because. Uh, it, it 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 does it doesn't well especially now you're like your generation Rick Eufy um, is, is is kind of dormant now Noreen right it doesn't off gas anymore it's essentially cured unless it gets wet so if there's a leak or something like right. that it mm-hmm. can it can cause formaldehyde gas and it can cause mold issues and things like that but for the most part it is not off gassing anymore it's not causing any significant Pretty well dried Formaldehyde out. gas. 50 years it, it, later. Right. It's, it's yeah. fully cured. Yeah. Right, yeah. it's cured. Right, yeah. so there's n- really no issue anymore. But as I understand, the government requires it on any home sale documentation. Exactly. It's required yeah. to it's disclose. Fu- mm. Yes, and, it, and it's, it's right on the contract. Like, you, like if you're buying a house, um, the homeowner is signing saying that there is no UFI in, uh, insulation in that right. house. And, oh. um, so and it, if you find it, you can go back on it. That's right, you can. Absolutely. Well, all right, one more uh, break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about duck cleaning as well. And uh, one last question about Yuffie that I want to throw in there uh, as well. This is the uh, Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML.
One last go round here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. 905-575-7700 at Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. Look them up on Facebook and check them out online at robgolfie.com. Our special guest today, Noreen Jones from PowerVac Services Hamilton. Her phone number is 905-318-0622. We have about uh, four minutes or so. Uh, one last question on Yuffie. What does it look like? It looks like a dried out, dusty looking foam insulation. Okay. So it doesn't look like the nice new shiny, you know, spray foam spray insulation foam. in a can. Yeah. It's not like that at all. It's okay. a very dry looking insulation, but it's definitely foam. All right, good stuff. Because I'm running it in my basement. I didn't see that either, so I'm good. You're, I think. you're good to go. <laughs> unless unless Uh-oh. it is newly installed retro foam, okay. which is a brand name, and that is a, a it was installed by a company who was using a something they imported from the U.S. Yeah. and against Canadian regulations installed it in some houses mm. and uh, have devalued those houses now. Okay, interesting. Um, how often should we clean our ducts? Which is what I'm going to be doing after my basement's finally <laughs> done. Oh, yeah, yeah. It depends on the occupants of the house. Okay. Averages every three to five years. Um, some people with severe allergies like them cleaned once a year because it makes that much difference to them. Right. Some people never clean them. Um, we don't recommend that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the more pets you have, carpet, mm. you know, the, the more people that live in the house, uh, those things all affect what gets into your system. Right. How well you maintain your filters and things like that. Yeah, for the furnace. All, yeah. Yep, all make a difference. What about the size of the home? The smaller the home, the more uh, congested mm. the ducts are going to be? Or No, not necessarily okay. because the ductwork is laid out based on the size of the home, right? right? So... You know, the more the more people over the smaller amount of space, obviously, the more contaminants in that amount of space. Right, right, right. So if you have two people living in a 4,000-square-foot home... You should be good. Yeah, there's not much going on <laughs> right, in that yeah, house. So. Yeah, yeah. I think every person that uh, buys a new home, or buy any if it's a new or resale, mm-hmm. um, they should uh, get their ducks cleaned. Just, just, just to... Just to be safe, then you know. It's, uh, Take out whatever might have been there in yeah, there from the previous right. owners and things like that. Yeah, you'd that. be amazed and, what you find in the, du- yeah, in the and, ducks. And, and you don't know if the previous owners have done it. So, it, you know, stuff could be in there right, for absolutely. decades. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Are there different ways of doing it? Yes, there are. Okay. There's a good way. And, and there's a bad way? <laughs> Let's talk about so the bad way so first. So we're NADCA certified. So we belong to the National Air Duct okay. Cleaners Association. So we use NADCA Techniques. Okay. So there are people who will come in with a shop vac or things like that. And, <laughs> really? Yeah, oh, oh, absolutely. Or wow. do things down in the basement. They just bang around. They don't actually do <laughs> any cleaning. So, yes, check out the company that you're getting yeah. to make sure that they do actually clean the duct. Right. We use a combination of high volume suction and high pressure compressed air. And okay. Yeah, they seal all the all the uh, vents yep. off to make, and then so yeah. they can suck all everything, right. and that's in. And there obviously, there. you're going to notice a difference too with the good way and the bad way. Yes. The bad way, For you're sure. not really going to notice sure. a difference at all. <laughs> 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 and how much of an impact does this have on homeowners? I mean, do they do they uh, realize that the air is cleaner? Or do they get a sense that uh, it really depends on the house? So. Okay. Like I said, for allergy sufferers, and they do it once a year, it makes a very significant difference imagine. to them. Yeah. 
But it depends on the house. I mean, it depends on how aware you are of what's yeah, going on. It depends on, on the person, house. too. It really, yeah. really it depends, depends on, on, the on the person, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. we got a minute to go. You wanted to give a shout-out to all your gang and what you guys are doing social media-wise yeah. as well. Um, so um, if you want to find out what uh, the latest thing uh, that's happening with uh, the market and appointment centers and everything else like that, go to the Rob Golfy team on Facebook and uh, like us, uh, and then you'll always be up to date with what's happening in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, because we, ha- we have an appointment center with over 500 agents, and it gives a really good indication if the market's busy that week or, or not. And uh, so it, 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 it's a good way to know, like, you know, where the top areas are selling for and what price range. We, we'll, we'll post that on uh, Facebook. So go to Rob Golfie um, uh, team. And you'll see, uh, you'll see. It says the golfy team there uh, logo. But uh, like us, and then uh, you'll appreciate the information that mm-hmm. uh, that you can get, yeah. especially in the local area. Call Rob at 905-575-7700, online at robgolfie.com, and Noreen Jones from PowerVac Services Hamilton, 905-318-0622. Thanks for coming in. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you. Thank Have you. a great weekend. We are back next Saturday morning at nine here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM nine hundred CHML.